Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. live here at the academy baby back again for another week to discuss star trek because we all know star trek is the best sci-fi out there funny story my girlfriend uh told me she goes now i know the reason why you get mad when star wars gets confused with star trek because star wars is stupid so there you go <laughs> yes my girlfriend bringing the heat down on star wars but once again it is your it is your best friend dimitri zerdos here God bless Admiral Richard Stevie Richards back home from the hospital and walking. We're so happy. I'm happy to see that. You know, I'm, Stevie, I'm praying for you every day for you to get better. But I am not alone in the academy. I am joined by my man. You see him posting all the motivational quotes from working out. He's got some big guns. You can also find him doing the smack attack where he discusses everything SmackDown related and I don't know how, how he does it, but and he also loves that New Japan BS wrestling too. Um, my friend <laughs> Jay Reezy man, John Enright. John, what's going on, brother? Oh, brother Triple D, what's up, my man? How you Nothing, doing? Man, just... Um, yeah, that was good. Uh, no, uh, I, uh, yeah, good. no, no. How did I get through SmackDown? Uh, it's like when you watch Christmas Vacation and Chevy Chase turns to his dad, Dad, how do we get through all those those Christmases? How'd you get through all those Christmases? He goes. I had a little help from Jack Daniels, you know. But we <laughs> yeah, all, but, but drink. you don't drink though. I don't yeah. drink, so you don't uh, drink. Hey, thirty. My Jack Daniels is the thirty-minute recaps on on YouTube. That's my uh, Jack Daniels. It's those guys are doing the Lord's work. Okay. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I mean, sure, you, it's choppy and coming up. If there's anything remotely interesting, then I'll go to YouTube and go to like. I've stopped going to WWE and I go to WWE on USA because they have the clips longer and yeah. yeah. you know unedited. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll go look at those clips to see like what what segments were interesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, I'll, then I'll, that's how I watch the show, and I get just as much enjoyment out of it without having to sit for two hours yeah. and go, why are we watching recaps? <laughs> and we've had three wrestling matches. You know, I mean, just like, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, listen, this is whole, like, Reigns and Cody buildup. I watched the promo and the – I mean, that was okay, but, I mean, I I mean, Uh, like – Friday night was good. I will give you this. Friday night on SmackDown was good. Uh, The the promo and then everything else went downhill from there, which is weird because normally I'm not a promo guy, but they did a good job, and Roman – Absolutely destroyed Cody. Like, I mean, made yeah. him made him look, and I mean, brought up some stuff that yes, it's Cody's been known to rehearse his lines and mm-hmm. you know say stuff, which was pretty, pretty. I mean, the callbacks and the things that he said was good. The the let me tell you something, baby, you got it. And here's yeah, the thing: sell it, 
You can't do it. You got it, baby. And one yeah. thing about Cody, he hates it when people imitate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. hates it. Yeah. He hates yeah. it. So, so for Roman, I mean, I don't know. I guess they, they must have got some okay from, from – because I, would tell you, I, don't think, I don't think that was improvised. Oh, no, no. You, they had to have had all that discussed backstage. Yeah, they had to discuss. Yeah. I mean – Now, that would be cool if it was all improvised because then you'd get the real, you know – I know, yeah. Why, yeah. why yeah. make it? Why? Why make it entertaining? You no, know? no. I, I don't think I don't. Cody for sure can't improvise. You know, no. Cody. Cody just doesn't have that ability. He has to. He's a he's a time place mark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Roman can improvise a little bit, but you see when he improvises, he stammers a little bit more. It's a little bit more suffering, succotash. Yeah, you know, <laughs> John Cena just eradicated him. Right, which John Cena did that to Austin Theory yeah. on Monday night. You know, which John Cena can. I mean, he is like him, The Rock, Stone mm-hmm. Cold. Those are guys that you just give points to and let them roll. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times nowadays, a lot of guys. Don't have the gift of gab that uh, there has been. No, but I mean, not a lot of guys really did in the old school days. You had a few, but not everybody did. You well, know, I, well, Flair, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson, Jake, Jake Roberts, Honky mm-hmm. Tonk uh, Man. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. Well, no, I mean, yeah, well, I guess Honky Tonk. Oh, Honky Tonk could get heat. I don't know if it was a good promo, but I he thought knew it was how a good promo. Heat. I was like, I was, I was watching him. On the snake pit, he just—I don't know, man. Yeah, he just, I don't man. He, he just—he, I don't. Know. He, to, to me, it's like mm-hmm. he's—he when he gets out there, he's very entertaining because yeah. he's like song and dance, and that's why I like. And I, I can see that, I, but I mean, I guess like for me, it was always heat. Whereas like with Jake, with Arn, with Flair, like it didn't matter if they were heel or babyface, they could speak. Like yeah. he, you made it believable. The best, I think, one of the best guys at improvising. Jerry the King Lawler. Oh my god, yeah. His yeah. heel work in like when I was watching wrestling, like in the like in the nineties. Yeah. His heel work, his few anytime the King's Court. I still watch it, and I'm like, this is how a guy, you know, this is how a heel should be. You know, it's just it's yeah. unbelievable. You well, know? I mean, hell, when he would do it in the ring while wrestling, yeah, he's got a microphone. <laughs> And he's got a guy in the leg in the leg lock. He's like, "Hey, is this what, you know what you hoped it would be?" You know, what I mean, like the the fact that you're able to do that, you know, off the top yeah. of the cup. I mean, he, you know, I think I would agree he's that. But you know, I it's you know it's it's one of those things where you know with wrestling and especially with American wrestling, you need that personality, you need that mic time to show it. And I mean, granted, Cody's a lot. Better than he was when he was in WWE. Yeah, you know him being out doing AEW, running and being that thing, mm-hmm. uh, made him realize being in Ring of Honor, the talking he had to do, he had to step up his game. Mm-hmm. He's a lot better than he was. He's very polished, but no, that's I, the, that's the thing. I think yeah. he's so polished that now he has to learn to carry that to just you know not being scripted. You know, not yeah. to feel scripted, not to be too out of touch for that reason. So, you know, Listen, I, I, I'm I'm not even like his style game is on point. Oh yeah, he comes out, he looks like a million bucks. Oh yeah, easily every time. Easily, there's not a hair out of place. His suits mm-hmm. are perfect. The and 
The shoes? The sh- everything. Everything. He knows. I mean, he's when it comes to the style game, he's mm-hmm. on he's on Ric Flair's level. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's Promo got that skills. Trip. He's nowhere touching Ric Flair. Mm-mm. Now, if he could talk half as good as Flair could, yeah, they, they, he'd be. Yeah, he's not there style. yet. I mean, but he, you know, I think I think this is the part of it too. Is you know, you think about it, before he got to WWE, he was off for a while, then he got hurt, and mm-hmm. you know, his focus has been rehab. And I, I think, given time, he will he will be fine. He, you know, I mean, he's Dusty's kid. You know, I mean, he'll he'll yeah. and he'll get it. But I just don't think, you know, it's a skill that is practiced when you're rehabbing. You know, you yeah. don't think about your promos. You don't think about how you would respond. You know, back and forth, top of top of the mind, mm-hmm. something that comes to something that somebody says, and pouncing on it, and being able to, you know, mm-hmm. jump on that and go back and forth with it. His brother yeah. can do that, Dustin Gold. Dustin, Dustin yeah, 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 Gold. Yeah. Dustin could do that. Some of those, some of the best now. Now, just going back, the best is when he was doing like the whole thing where he was like dressed up as like a where he, where he dressed up as a baby, and he was going after Austin for something, and there was a crapper there. <laughs> Austin lowered a crapper down, was taking a crap, and, and, and he took well, he figuratively took, took a dump. Yeah, in, in the crapper, comes out, beats the shit out of Dustin, throws him in there, kicks it over. You see, bro, I was like, oh my god. But I mean, that I I remember that because mm. how good Dustin was calling everyone out and calling. Out, I mean, mm. that was good shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, hold on, hold on for no, a second. You're good. Hold on. You're good. I got Penthe is calling. Uh oh. See, this is the problem. The the Pente doesn't know that we're podcasting right now. So, you know, you're going to get those random calls every now and then. And someone has to make sure that they are still there. So, hey, Pente, we're recording right now. We're, rec- we're recording right now, Pente. False alarm, brother. Sorry about that. Okay, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, um, so... Your Viridian patch went off. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a uh, home confinement from a uh, from a Pempe. Klingons have gone soft, and so they're giving you a Viridian patch to make sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's yeah. going off. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think right now wrestling is interesting because you have the road to WrestleMania, you have the Sami Zayn thing, you have the USO. Thing that just happened Monday, mm-hmm. so it, it's going to make Friday interesting. It's going to make you know, I mean, we got three, four weeks still to go, so the the build is getting there. But mm-hmm. you know, at the long at the long run, I think until we get to WrestleMania, we can't really see, we can't really say everything in the, on the build until we get a week out to two weeks out. I, I mean, well, a week out, I would say for sure, as we're building to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the that's the bigger thing is being able to be able to look back and go, oh wow, that was really really good. Yeah. So, but I did. I did also do want to say, you know, you know, say uh, shout outs to Stevie, um, to Admiral Richards. Uh, I also saw his uh, his water therapy uh, video, um, and uh, so you know, pray for Christy too that she has to. Yeah. She does. She deals with this and and works to take care of him. And she's been a rock and you yeah. know. Being his trainer, but that you know that they're smart and they take things easy, and 
you know, work their way there. Um, but you know, that's a, it's a, it's, it's very like when I first saw the, I think the first video I saw of him out of bed was the water training video. And uh, that was just, it was, it was good to see him. Like, it felt like, like in his face, you felt like, for lack of a better phrase, he was excited to be alive. Yeah. You know, he, he was just, Hey, look, I'm, I'm up and I'm doing this thing. And I'm doing mm-hmm. water. And, and uh, it was, it was just really encouraging to see that. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, you say I'm doing, I just rate, I'm posting random shit that comes off the top of my head after I work out. <laughs> you know, that's whether that's motivating or not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just random mm-hmm. crap. It's just, you know, when I'm working out things that pop in my head and, and then, like, I did all that, and then I looked at the picture one more time after I posted. I was like, I should have done something about an idea because the light was right over my head when I took the picture. <laughs> and I didn't think about it at the moment, but uh, I had other things on my brain. So, yeah, you know, it's it's you know that's the kind of that's how my brain works, and so um, which I'm like now it's I was like okay, well we're working on that and we're getting that stuff done. So. <laughs> You know, and then uh, trying to get everything ready for work because next Monday and Tuesday I'm taking off because it's Good spring. For you, man. It's spring break for my kid um, oh. and for the school down here. So we're just gonna go see my parents. We're gonna stay an extra time. We're gonna uh, so Friday, me and some coworkers we're gonna go. Fort Worth has this they call rooftop cinema club where you oh, go. Okay. They go to the top of this hotel and you can watch a movie on a rooftop, which is oh, wow. pretty okay. cool. Um, in downtown Fort Worth, so we're gonna have late dinner. Go see ten, uh, at ten thirty at night. Go watch Top Gun, uh, Maverick, and because they're doing like all the Oscar winners. I still gotta sh- watch that. Yeah, I still haven't watched that yet. Dude, it's so good. It's super good. And uh, like if you if you watch and enjoyed the original Top Gun, mm-hmm. this is gonna be a good. It's a, okay. it's a good story. What they did with it, um, and it, it's 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 got a Best Picture nomination for an Oscar. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, like yeah, like so it was really good. So part of me wonders because it was kind of the first major movie post pandemic that was really and really had some traction, but still it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, so I'm doing that Friday, then Saturday we're going to do the uh, podcast, and then uh, we're going to head to my parents after podcast. Beautiful. So very good, man. That's awesome. Good. Catch up with them, talk about their yeah. Israel trip, see how they're doing, all that fun stuff. So. We'll see. And then, because uh, my mom was saying, my sister's kids have this week off for spring break. And then my son's off next week. So, I see. so she's like, I was like, wow, you're just going to have a rotating door of people come through your house. Huh? She's like, yeah. <laughs> she goes, that's, that's, I love it. That's fine. So, so we'll be there and doing that. And then he's going to spend uh, Wednesday through Saturday with KSR game. And then, oh, my ex-wife, cancer. Oh, your ex-wife. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for spring break, and they'll do whatever. So now I'm working Wednesday through Friday anyway. I'll go back to work. So I because I, I mean I was like, well, I can take the time off. I don't need a whole week because we're not meeting because kids aren't in school. Yeah. And my next two Thursdays are planned already because I'm getting guest speakers and field trips and stuff lined up. So it's not like I need a a lot to do, so this gives me an opportunity to catch up. Um, I got my third bid yesterday for this project, so Beautiful. well, the guy came by. He hasn't emailed his estimate yet. When he emails his bid, then I can... We then can you pay. can 
pick out which one's the best one and, and go with it. And um, then we've got, and then I've got to start working on getting some hires, mm-hmm. uh, getting some uh, interviews done so I can do that next week and, you know, stuff like that. That's so, good, man. Yeah. So, you know, uh, trying to get caught up there so that I can maybe get the ball rolling on some other things and other projects that are uh, upcoming. So, yeah. Definitely, bro. You know, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> yes, uh, it is. So I do, I do have the best house of puppy uh, sitter. Yeah. Uh, yes. Brittany. Thank you. Um, yeah. So Brittany and I went, when Sunday, yeah, Sunday, we, so Sunday was, Jacob was, we're supposed to meet Chaos Hurricane, was supposed to drop him off at a farmer's market in Benbrook and Brittany came with, but she, overslept and didn't even bother showing up and <laughs> like, i waited an hour before i called i was real nice and patient and then she's like huh I'm like, <laughs> like hey you said 10 o'clock you said you would be here how long are you gonna be uh i'm like fine you know what bring him home as soon as you can you know but i have things to do i'm not waiting for you anymore and so <laughs> i went up and we did the farmer's market went shopping and then we went and got korean hot dogs uh, Korean hot dogs. Yeah, dude. Dude, I, this is the like third time I've done Korean hot dogs. It's, it's really, great. yeah, dude. I mean, it takes the corn dog game to a whole nother level because they a regular Korean hot dog is like really crunchy. Mm-hmm. They put some kind of like stuff on it. Then you can get ones with like potato chunks on the outside, um, and then they do like you can do a pork hot dog, beef hot dog. You can do half and half where it's half hot dog, half mozzarella stick. Uh, you can do full mozzarella steak, or this place had half cheddar, half mozzarella. This is in this, no, this was in uh, Fort Worth because we Fort were Worth. in Fort Worth, right over in that area. Damn, man! And I'm telling, like, this place had a pizza dog on the outside, so you 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 did pizza uh, pizza sauce and some other stuff with it. They had a takoyaki dog, so it's like the stuff that you get, which is takoyaki is like a round pancake ball that they put octopus in. Um, but this obviously didn't have octopus. It was the, it was the corn dog, um, and then so like for the pizza dog, I got a full mozzarella stick because then you got the pizza and the spices and all that, and they put tomato wow. sauce on top. And then so I was like, well, you got to do a full mozzarella for that. And then for the uh, takoyaki dog, I got um, half and half. I did half mozzarella, half. Um, <laughs> uh, half beef, and then yeah. Brittany got uh, she got a ramen dog, okay. And I don't remember if that was the half cheddar, half mozzarella, or it was the full mozzarella. And then she got so we got we got for we, uh, the ramen, okay. So the ramen was half cheddar, half mozzarella, and she got a ramen, and she got um. She just got a potato, I think it was. Right, Brittany? Was it a potato? And <laughs> I don't remember what was what, but it was all good. We had, I mean, but we uh, we went to, so we there's a, not far from my parents' house, when we were up at my father-in-law's funeral last weekend, we, there's a place called H-Mart, and it's a Korean grocery store. Okay. So I spent, me and Jacob spent $230 on Korean food, groceries, and you know stuff like that because why not? I'm not, I'm I'm there not very often and it's fun. You can get onigiri sushi, you can get kimchi, you can get oh, wow, 
we got four different flavors of Japanese uh, uh, Kit Kats, mm-hmm. caramel, daifuku, uh, which is like a Zuki red bean paste. Uh, got a chocolate cake torte type thing, and then let's see caramel. Oh, strawberry. It was mm. yeah. I know. I can't. I know. Yes, you. But you're not. You're not trusted there either, Brittany. You know, <laughs> we we've already. I couldn't be trusted there either, uh, dude. And there's so much stuff like chips and just food and ramen. Like they have two aisles of ramen, dude. That you can. Um, Man, that's oh, a lot of ramen, bro. Yeah, like Brittany, you, you can't be trusted either. You already said you can only go quarterly anymore because of the amount of money getting spent. <laughs> and they have a, a corn dog place up there, and their corn dogs they don't have as big a choice of the outside mm-hmm. like things, but they they have egg toast, which is like they take the big brioche egg uh, uh, bread and you know stick like that and they cut it and they stuff it like with egg and different top. Oh. Mm. It's so good. So, and then there's in that one they have a little food mart where there's a dumpling shop, and I may have gone and bought all the dumplings Man. and eaten all that before. So, yeah, look, I like I look, I love that kind of stuff. It's great to explore and try to whoever things. whoever said whoever said that Texas isn't cultured, they're full Dude. they're full of crap. Yeah, you just gotta know where to look, man. No, nah, like, man. And plus real. two, plus two. Me and my sister, as we're coming back, we're, I had to go to Syracuse because I had to do a check-in with, with you know, right. my people. Right. We're coming back and we're talking about taxes that you wouldn't think that taxes would be lenient on first offenders, but taxes is very lenient at first. If it's a nonviolent crime, first offenders, mm-hmm. they're very lenient. So, yeah. yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man, taxes, taxes got it going on. You guys, you guys know exactly what to do. Yeah, we do. So. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and if uh, you're a violent uh, offender, we know how to kill you real good too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Texas, I love the the, the Ron White skit. Most of to try to get rid of death penalty. Texas, hell, we're playing an express lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you perform a violent crime and there are two or more witnesses, then. You, you jump to the front of the line. You jump to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why you. Yeah, buddy. That's why you. That's why you. You're murdering when no one's around. <laughs> <laughs> or don't do it in Texas. Don't yeah. do it in Texas. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Lure them to California. <laughs> You'll be okay. Oh yeah. Do you see that this week? Apparently, yesterday, Wardlow got his rental car broken into and they stole everything. They no. stole. The they stole his clothes, the TNT belt. All the stuff that was in his car gone. Oh Window busted and everything gone. Where did it happen at? In California. In California. Yeah. We stopped like at like a He was at a hotel. Oh, it was at the hotel. Yeah. He had all that stuff in his car? Yeah. Yeah, that's why listen. Look, yeah. Your baggage, man. You don't leave your baggage in your car. Always have your baggage on you. Mm-hmm. Don't, well, uh, well, and then because I think uh, MSG posted it on the Hami Media Group that it happened, the video of from Wardlow, and I was like, "That's crazy." And he's like, "Look, people apparently in California are now just rolling their windows down, like they're taking all their stuff out. Where they're rolling their windows down and stuff so that people aren't busting their windows to take their stuff, so they don't damage their car." My God, man, it's like lawlessness out there. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's it's not even 
funny now how, how bad this it's is, gotten out there. And folks, this is this is the reason why you don't vote for these freaking douchebags. You gotta vote them out. You gotta get new blood in there. You gotta, you gotta vote figure everybody. something out, man. I mean, if someone heck? if someone's not doing the job and not representing you, yeah, then you vote them out. Like I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. Yeah. If they don't have the best interests of your community in no. mind when they do the job of what they're supposed to do is representing exactly. you, then yeah. you vote them out, regardless if they're Republican or Democrat. I'll say you know? this. I'll say this. If you look at states that I mean, now, now listen now. This is now this is just my opinion because I live in New York, and New York is controlled by Democrats. New York is a shithole. It, it is. New York is an absolute shithole. I'm sorry. There is no freedom here. the The governor wants to ban. Okay, so instead of maybe focusing on, I don't know, helping people out, helping people you know who need help, you know, in this economic crisis. You know, no, no, no. Instead, we're gonna we're gonna put our focus on when people are building new houses that you cannot have gas ranges or you can't have wood burning stoves. That's what you're worrying about right now. Seriously, really, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a million other things we can we can we can worry about. Businesses leaving, job loss, high taxes. I mean, guys, come on. You know, and look at California. Mm-hmm. Since Reagan left California, California's gone. Well, it's a shithole. And then you look at places: Texas, Florida, North Carolina. Where's everyone moving to? Yeah. Hey, listen. Even even in Texas, the, the Democrats have some. Democrats have have common sense in Texas. Yeah, sort of, sort of. Some of them do. Some of them do, they but are. you know, so that's what I mean. It's like, look at what's going on here. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Michigan. Michigan. Flint hasn't had drinking water, that's ridiculous. Still, yeah, still. So, <laughs> I, I just so listen to that. Hey, listen, you can say, listen, if you if you if you do if you disagree with me. You can email us at academyhmg at yahoo.com and tell me why I'm wrong. But if you look, if you look at the numbers, look at people leaving the people leaving to go to other states. My numbers are not wrong. I mean, I'm kind of right on this. Yeah. You know, I hate to say it, you know, it's because here's the thing, because I hate both parties. I think they both (laughs) suck, but that's just me. So pretty much. I agree. All right, that's it. All right, we gotta go have the political discussion. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, I guess that's that should be a good segue to get us into the news. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. Last last week, last week we 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 didn't uh, we we didn't talk. This this week we made up for it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we had some uh, things. So, uh, I guess let's start up. With the follow-up from last week, we talked about the uncertainty of yeah. certain seasons or episodes mm-hmm. or different things for series because of the scale back from Paramount Plus because of the because of the saturation of the market and trying to cut costs because there's just only so much money to go around. Yeah. And we talked about the possibilities of things. Well, it came to find out uh, soon after we recorded that discovery will conclude with season five. You so you are a psychic. Mm. You called it. 
Well, I, I think of all of all the series, it's the least performing. You know, mm-hmm. the expectation, the cost of it compared to Strange New Worlds, which is just, you know, infinitely better. And then yeah. the cost for lower decks is infinitely lower. Yeah. Those two shores, and they're, and they're both highly rated and respected. Mm-hmm. They're going to be way out there uh, as far as that goes. And then you have some other activities and titles that, that are going to maybe you want to bring in that might do a better job. Uh, you know, Discovery did its job. And its job was to bring back Star Trek. It did, yeah. Now, whether you felt like they did a good job or not, that's not the point. The point is, is its job was to bring back Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And that's what it did. I mean, you think about it. They had to do it during a pandemic and all kinds of things. I mean, for the last five years, you know, there was a lot that Discovery had to deal with. And in that process, they brought back Star Trek. It's where where we are now. Yeah, you know, and I mean, so we can't. Get, we're, we're we're on the third season of Picard, where we're getting basically a TNG goodbye series. You know, we're we're in the middle of Lower Decks, a Rick and Morty making fun of Star Trek. Who would have mm-hmm. ever thought that would have happened? No. I mean, you've got <laughs> Strange New Worlds, which covers the time between Discovery and uh, well, when Discovery started, and you know, uh, the original series. So. It's it's a it, you're you're just doing so many things right now that are just so intriguing that yeah. you've you've made it that it's okay to lose discovery. I think is it sad, kind of, but I think at the same time it's one of those things that after the jump and everything along those lines, it's it's hard for it to find its footing because yeah. you know really. You've done everything. You 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 were in the past, and you told a, an intriguing story to get people on board. Then you jump to the future, and you try to figure that out. And you're from the past, but in the future, but you're still in the future. You know that weird, like it's future for us, but mm-hmm. they went from being in the 23rd century to the 31st century, and you're a throwback. But you figured it out, and here you are, and you're trying to bring back the Federation to what it was. Mm-hmm. And then last season happened. And I mean, really. Yeah, last season was a just. I, I think. That was a disaster. I, I, I could see where they were trying to go with it. But it just it didn't compute. And the problem is with streaming services, you've got you've to have something to capture people. And mm-hmm. I feel like this fifth season might have been it. But they just couldn't afford to keep it anymore. You know, with with everything else and the the, the things yeah. that they were able to do yeah. with everything. I, I personally, I think this is going to be the best season of Discovery ever. Well, yeah, because it's their last. It's going to be their last, and a lot. I think a lot after this, a lot of people are going to be sad that it's not going to be around anymore. I think. Well, and I mean, I think I think the premise is interesting because it's it's going back. It, they're going back to the roots of Trek, which is exploration and yeah. the idea that they're on a galactic cannonball run essentially to find this artifact you know and that's kind of what that it's gonna be fun yeah it is gonna be fun and that's what and that's and that's what strange new worlds and and lord dex brought back into the universe Mm -hmm. yeah fun i mean listen yes star trek can be serious star trek can you know tell stories but star trek it's entertainment it's supposed to be fun Mm -hmm. you know and now, season three of Discovery was fun. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. 
Yeah. Season four was not fun. Season mm. four was not fun. But Picard has been fun. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed Picard so much because it's fun. Because yeah. you, you, the relationships, you know, they're back and they're being, now they're being even more developed now. Mm-hmm. And now you're bringing the, now you're like deep diving into, you know, these characters. And, you know, as we're going to discuss in, in, in this episode with one particular character, there is some deep rooted stuff in him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and yeah, exactly. It's like it's about time we got back to the roots of Star, which is fun, fun. You know, you know, telling whatever social commentary you want to tell, mm-hmm. but telling it, telling it in a way that's fun and that's going to make people. That's going to make people be like, you know what? Yeah, you got a point there. Right. You know, the original series did it. Next Gen did it. Voyager did. Why? Sometimes, sometimes Voyager, sometimes. but but Deep Space Nine did it. Yeah, well, Voyager did it with I, like they had it every now and then, like the Delta Flyer episode where they're racing, yeah. right? Yeah, that was a fun episode. They had, they had their moments with it, uh, but the overall tone was different. Even, but that's the thing, DS Nine, the back four seasons, you're in the midst of a war. Yeah, yet they still found ways to have fun episodes. The baseball episode. Right, baseball episode. You know, uh, magnificent Ferengi. The magnificent Ferengi. You, that, that's it. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, even the Benny Russell episode. Yeah. Right. I mean, that it was fun in a still serious way. Yeah. Because it was fun for the viewers to see the characters play somebody completely different without mm-hmm. any makeup, without any whatever. It's just the person, and they're telling the story. And it's just unique and fascinating to see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just those moments. I mean, even the small moments where Miles and uh, Bashir are going to the holodeck, right? Yeah. I mean, just the small things that they're able to do. Um, pardon me. So uh, that's, I think, that's the thing about Star Trek is even in the serious episodes, they found those moments to do that. And it felt like at times Discovery took itself too serious. It did. Yeah. It, it, like, no matter what, season one, season two, season three, season four, well, there was, there was well, a lot, and yeah. there was there was very, there wasn't enough, like, of that small moments to get things done. Even, like, in Next Gen, you know, they had the episode where they hit that ribbon and the ship is divided. You know, the, like, Worf is trying to uh, birth uh, the baby, and Picard stuck on the turbo lift. And you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the small moments in that where yeah. you know they have the the things and um, you know Picard at the end of the episode uh, he calls them number one kind of stuff in the deck. Um, you think number one, take her out. And they're both like, yes, sir. And yeah. you know, the there's that moment with the little girl and Riker being mm-hmm. number one, and then the callback to that in DS9 where. Worf says, I mean, O'Brien says, uh, or Bashir says something about Keiko, you know, and O'Brien uh, about to have their baby. And Worf says, I will not be here. You know, like, or something, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because that was, Worf, I, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like Discovery didn't have that character like Worf mm-hmm. to kind of play it straight like that, you know, where his comedic timing was kind of good, you know. That's. Mm-hmm. But listen, I'm not gonna lie. When 
when Anson Mount was on Discovery, which was season two, two. correct? Yeah. Then you know that was that was good because, I mean, Anson Mount was just he was great. Yes, you know, I agree. I mean, he brought he brought a lot of um, fun to the yeah to, to the season. That was probably the best season because of his portrayal of Pike mm-hmm. and what he brought to and yeah you know to that. And that's um, what led, and that's what led to Strange New Worlds, right? Exactly, uh, which I, I think you know was was because people wanted to see that story. They wanted more Pike. They, mm-hmm. they, I mean, it was just incredible. So, uh, so, so yes. Yeah, so, season five. All this is to stem from season five. Will be the last season for uh, for Discovery. Really, the okay. Here's one that we'll talk about. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you <laughs> want a Fun one, or do you want a more serious one? Fun. Fun. All right. So there is a play that's going to be developed that is a going to be Star Trek themed. Okay. It's called Khan the Musical. <laughs> a parody <laughs> Trek-tacular is what it's called. Um, oh, my God. Where's this playing? So New York's Peace School Productions has announced the okay. world premiere of Khan the musical, a parody, Trectacular, a five-week limited engagement off-Broadway player, Players Theater, and it begins Thursday, May 4th. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is in New York City then, correct? Yeah, I'm assuming so, because I, I don't right. know anything about anything. It says this, though. Would you like to hear the synopsis for this play? I love to hear the synopsis. All right. It is 2366, and Data the Android presents its campy musical adaptation of The Wrath of Khan. In this sci-fi send-up, an older Captain Kirk is experiencing a coming-of-middle-age story when his nemesis Khan escapes exile and vows revenge. The ensuing cat-and-mouse game sparks an adventure that includes Vulcan tap dancing, Kirk's long-lost son, a William Shatner impersonator, and of course, mutant space chickens. Yes! What I always wanted, mutant space chicken. Yeah. I'm telling you, Star Trek 5 had mutant space chickens would be great. Star Trek yeah. No, it's it's it's, that's it's awesome. It's great. So, so uh, fourth. That's that's when starting for five it start, weeks. It says uh, the show begins Thursday, May 4th, and will run through Sunday, June 2nd. Opening night event is Saturday, May 6th. Tickets cost between $25 and $65. That's, that's cheap. And if you want to go check it out, you can buy info and tickets at coniscoming.com. So uh, that is, uh, is kind of where they're at with, uh, with this. That's so Triple D, if you, if you were ever to able to go to New York and do a Broadway play, would yes. this be on your list? Uh, yes. So con is coming. Yeah. Dot com. Khan is coming. <laughs> he said, "Coming." <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm such a child. You oh, are. It's not here. Hold on. Shoot. <laughs> uh, oh, is it? Oh, okay. Let me try this one. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is this is good. So you see, I mean, even like, uh, um. Did you find it yet? Salmon Connor, though. It should be K 
K-H-A-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-N-G.com. Yeah, Khan is. We're going to save Triple D right now. Watch this. Oh, I got it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Gizmodo, Khan, musical, Bully going off Broadway this spring. Mm -hmm. God! And the fact that it's uh, it says what they say was Data doing the key thing. Vulcan tap dancing. Yeah, Vulcan tap dancing. Oh my god. Just imagine Spock tap dancing. Yeah, I'm probably gonna I'm I'm, going to try to go to that. So. Yeah, that'll be yeah, that would be fun. You could do that. That'd be a fun weekend trip. Yeah, it would be a fun weekend trip. Uh, okay, so uh, that and the original series set tour, man, it's a lot of Star Trek. And it is a lot of Star Trek. It's a lot of Trek, baby. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of driving too. Oof. And you God. have to go to New York though. Oh, that's only, only New York thing. City. New York I wish City. I could. I, I wish. I wish I could like charter like a plane to drop me off there. I'm sure you could. Like no, I yeah, There's a there's those companies called like JetX or some other, like yeah, JetX is um millionaire does does a lot of those small mm-hmm. trips and stuff. So yeah, you could do something like that even maybe. Um, I, I didn't even say that we, you know, that was we're in the news. I didn't do the, I didn't do the black alert. <laughs> okay, James. Uh, but we, I think it was at twenty six like at twenty six like thirteen or something. That's when. That's when we started doing the news for the Black Alert. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, dude, we're botching the spots. Oh, dude, right that was, that's all right. Is like this is this, this is like Mercedes Monet versus Kari saying. Yeah, this is like the end when Monet came out with Okada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to do there. Yeah, uh, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're trying to get me all wired up again. Yep. It's not happening. It's not happening. Oh, give it time. Give it time. Ugh, give no. it time. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, but hey, speaking of Strange New Worlds, uh, they win three awards for costume design. Uh, this is in Canada. Uh, the Canadian Alliance of Film and Television Costume Awards and Design, uh, they won three awards. Uh mm-hmm. One was uh, it was it was for including costume design excellence in science fi fantasy. Um, it's for they won the award for the Elysian Kingdom, the episode where yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, you know, um, they they're doing that. They also won in like basically that episode won them a whole bunch. Um, you know so. Excellence and Crafts Award in Building, and that one went out for the same thing. And then they also won more for FX Building. Um, so, uh, Strange New Worlds, three awards for costume design. I think well-deserved because... Well-deserved, yeah. I mean, the whole season, though. Like, you know, the costumes were on point. I yeah. love the look of the uniforms. Everything was just super crisp and sharp. But then you had... The Elysian Kingdom episode and that, seeing what they could do with those costumes were just awesome. Well, did you ever think you're in Wild's Magic you would have a Star Trek episode like that? No. 
No, I, not at all. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't think we've ever had a musical episode though, no. right? Like, and I'm playing and praying that never happens. But you know, I, <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think about it though. I mean, there were holodeck episodes, you know, where you know, with Q, the one where they were doing Robin Hood. So, yeah, that was a great one. That was, you know, yeah, that was good. But like, I'm there, not a merry man. I'm not a merry man. And then he did, and LaFord just tried to play the guitar thing in the lyre, and yeah. Fork just grabs it and smashes just it. smashes it against the he wall. Goes, sorry. Yeah. And then he hands <laughs> he it back. Hey, but he hands it back to him. And then it's like, sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but like, th- that was almost campy, you know, like 60s, 70s, you know, TV special costumes and things along those lines. Yeah. Because I think Vash was in that one too, right? Uh huh. Vash was the damsel in the straps. Yeah, Vash. Yeah, Vash was yeah, the damsel yeah. in the straps. You know, so they've had episodes where they're in the holodeck or, you know, with Moriarty or Sherlock Holmes, you know, type. Yeah, which, the, the very first one yeah. where they did the uh, oh, uh, detective Picard likes to play. Oh, uh, Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill. Dixon you Hill, know, yeah. That very first episode that they did that in season one or season two with the whole Dixon Hill thing. Mm-hmm. So where they were in full costume and everything, but not on this scale, not on this level, and no. not being non-holodeck related. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, this was something completely different, and and just beautiful. Like mm-hmm. like it was. You watch that episode, and you you have to take in just the beauty of that episode. There was just so much to take in. Yeah, you know, really, it was it was awesome. You know. So you I, know what, I think, you I think know they're played all the worlds was that? engineering how they have yes that's that's really good that that set is like that set reminds me of like a James Bond set like you know like Ken Adams design mm. it's, it's almost like a villain's lair set you know it's kind of crazy like that you know right it really is and it's just yeah. ugh, so good so mm-hmm. good well I don't have much other except for this one other little story i need to tell you about um it's uh jj abrams talks compelling story for star trek 4 okay. but chris pines expresses frustration over the weight i did uh, read that i did read that <laughs> i have read and that apparently yeah. he's still looking for a director Ab- abrams is um <laughs> oh god i know yeah. I, read it. I was like when is this movie gonna come out seriously <laughs> Enough is enough. Yeah, get a fucking director and let's go. Okay. Mm-hmm. You had you had Quentin Tarantino, you had Tarantino, but now nah, nah, I didn't want that. Well, you yeah. had Max Shankman and he stepped away. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but like- but he said it's because he could they couldn't get issues with the Kelvin Cruz actor schedules aligned with the opportunity, and then uh, that also he had the opportunity to work on Fantastic Four for Marvel. I see. So, getting so basically, it's trying to get everybody's schedules because I mean, think about this: you have Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, um, uh, you've got Carl Urban, you've got Simon Pegg. Those guys are all doing stuff. Uh, John yeah, Cho, are. you know, uh, they're in tons of things, and getting them to sit down to do all this, uh, it's just pretty pretty big deal so but, but here's the thing though the actors and the actresses they want to do this though this is something that they really want to do yeah so i'm sure i'm sure if they had some direction and 
they were told they would accept it. And they'd be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I got to do Star Trek. This is, it's mm-hmm. almost like a passion project for them. Because here's the thing. What was Luis, what was Luis Aldana doing before Star Trek? Uh, well, you know, interesting. I was thinking about it the other day. She was in that movie, The Losers, with Chris Evans. Um, she was doing some parts and getting some decent roles, but I mean, like, I agree with you. Star Trek was the thing. Star that, Trek launched her. Well, because Star- you you put her in a fandom that just launched. Yeah, all that, and you put her in an iconic role of Uhura. Uhura. You know, so with name gravitas behind it. Exactly. You know? And so, does she get? Um, her role as Gamora without Star Trek, probably not, because she was no. a good actress. Oh yeah, she's, she does. She's done a few things, mm-hmm. but this you get to see her skills as an actress with a franchise that's as big as Star Trek behind mm-hmm. her in an iconic role done by somebody else who liked the portrayal. And like, she killed it, and she killed it in all three movies. Yeah, so you know, I think I think it's one of those things where. You have to go, okay. And I get that, but like they're also they also are actors, they gotta work. Yeah. And and so and you gotta think about the money now that they bring, you know, you have to pay them. You know, that's was one of the things Matt Shankman did. Not only is it the schedule, but the cost of the film, you mm-hmm. know, just the actors' salaries for the film alone is gonna be double to triple of well, what it was before. You bring out Star Trek now with those actors and those actresses, you're printing money. I mean, true, but are you? Because, I mean, here's the thing. Remember, the last movie, Beyond, uh, it brought in $344 million, which was significantly less than Star Trek Into Darkness, which people said was worse, and that brought in forty six. Four hundred and sixty-seven million. So Scarface I mean, was a here's the thing. A lot of movies like that at the time, beyond beyond when it came out, it was ahead of its time for that. If you release Beyond now, you're printing money. Uh, I, I think, but I think the problem was Darkness was not what people expected. It wasn't as good. It was a retelling of Wrath of Khan, and you know. I think in the and that hurt beyond because then it was delayed and then finally it came out and so you have delay versus the lesser also, expectation. Also, also, too, what came out in that summer too with with beyond? I don't remember, dude. Yeah, so I mean that's you know I'm sure I'm sure there were other yeah big movies that came out that summer. So that yeah. kind of hurt too. And you, you're right about darkness, but I think now enough time has passed that if they come out with this, that the fandom will come out and support it no matter what. I mean, yeah. what the hell? I mean, I'll probably watch it four or five times in the movie theater. I mean, you and I will, but it, how 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 big of a how big of a fandom is there, and will it be in those kind of numbers? I think so because. If you have the stars, if you have Chris Pine, so we saw down there, they bring Chris Hemsworth in as George Kirk. You're bringing back this original cast back from, from 2009. And, you know, and if you have the, if you have the good marketing that Paramount should have, 
you put it out there. I'm, I'm telling it's it's going to attract a lot of sci-fi fans, and a lot of Star Wars fans like the JJ films because they have a little more action in them. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not it's not like the older Trek movies, which me and you love the old Trek movies. You know, so even Papadon said Papadon loves the JJ movies. He goes, mm-hmm. JJ films are really good. You know, so. You know, there's, there's once again with JJ, there's going to be a lot of action. You know, there's going to be lens flares up the ass, probably. You know, but there's one thing: it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a movie, and I think it's going to do gangbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, so Paramount likes to make money. You know, let's do this. You know, come on, let's. We'll see. I mean, you know, you know or, that's... Or, or or here's the thing. Sell the franchise to somebody that's actually going to make this movie. <laughs> they're not going sell to. Sell the rights. I, just, just sell the rights to the Calvin universe. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not going to. I know, they're not, they're not going to, but it's like you're sitting on a you're sitting on a multi-million dollar multi-billion dollar franchise here. Look, 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 look what Disney's did with Star Wars. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of backlash to it, but the fans still went inside, no matter what. Still making money. You know, so that's, you know, everyone's bitching about Ant-Man and the Quantum Mania. It's a, it's a horrible movie. Still making money. Making Disney a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's, let's go. You know, I mean, you know, you, you're, you got, you got the invest, you had the investors call saying that you were spending too much money and you're not making enough money. Well, here's a chance for you guys to make some money. Let's do this. Yeah. But then I mean, top of it, then it's I, risky. It's risky. It's let's risky, be honest. But, but then, all right. So, so let's say the, the the Calvin time, the Calvin movie doesn't work out. Okay. Let's say it doesn't work out. What stopped them from releasing maybe Strange New Worlds movie, or maybe redoing it again, mm-hmm. bringing in a new Kirk, bringing in somebody new. I think the risk is right now because you haven't released any of those things on mainstream TV. It's all been on your Paramount Plus streaming service. Boy, you, I don't see those kind of titles getting well, a, a well, show. About, well, well, what about Disney? The Marvel. Well, Marvel really wasn't on mainstream TV. But you're taking a property that was comic books and you made a good story out of it. You didn't have to fight against a preconceived notion, right? Yeah, but, but you didn't have to fight against those kind of things. You that's that's where like I get what you're saying. I totally do. But right now, Marvel had very little to no space in the movie industry. And what they did, they sold to Sony, and Sony did a shit job with it. So Marvel essentially became Thanos and said, Fine, I'll do it myself. And started with Ant- uh, with Iron Man and made an incredible movie that stood outside of the fact that it was a comic book movie mm-hmm. or a superhero movie, that it was a good story and a good movie. Yeah. And then they built a universe on that. Um, and then from there, they were able to go and, and create something incredible. They didn't have to fight a whole bunch of things because there weren't a lot of superheroes. There's Blade, you know, Blade was pretty decent. That's a Marvel property. But then you mm-hmm. had some of the Fantastic Fours. You had some of the Spider Men, and you know there was some. It, they were good and stuff like that, but nothing that touched a candle to what Iron Man was uh, at the time and what it be, what it became in the universe it spawned. You know, and we're seeing that now though too, 
Now there's the oversaturation of the market, and we're seeing people are struggling because the stories aren't the same. The movies aren't the same. I mean, Wakanda Forever was good. Ant-Man Quantumania, it wasn't bad, but it mm-hmm. wasn't, nothing has been what the last few movies have been, right? And so, I mean, hell, they had Eternals, and everybody forgets about it, and apparently Marvel does too, because nobody has bothered to talk about the fact there's half an alien sticking out of the planet right now, you know, on Earth, and nobody's made mention of that at all. Okay, it's fine, you know, uh, because why would they? Why would they? It's 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 not a thing. So you're 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 dealing with this oversaturation. This now we have to fight and make better and better and better, and you're going to reach that bubble. And it's going to burst, right? And so right now. What's making you money? Well, I would say streaming, but we we know that Paramount has said that's not making them money. That's why they're scaling back. But that's where their focus is production-wise. You know, is if they want the streaming service to work, and Star Trek is the anchor for Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. It is the anchor, and so you're going to put your money where your anchor is. Is that in the streaming services? The movie could it bring in some extra stuff? Yeah. But where you really want, you want people coming back week after week after week on your streaming service watching Star Trek. But and, the, the movie will help bring in new eyes mm-hmm. to the streaming service. Mm-hmm. Will it? I mean, think about it. How many people have watched Star Trek Into Darkness, whatever, and did they come back for some of this stuff? Probably not. You know, like we know GGP uh, likes the Star Trek, you know, yeah. the, new, the new Kelvin timeline stuff, but he is he watching any of the other stuff? Not really. No, because yeah. no, because he, he doesn't have Paramount Plus. But he does what exactly. So because because he doesn't really care about the other stuff. You know, it didn't bring it brought new eyes for the Kelvin timeline, but it didn't bring new eyes to Star Trek in general. You know, that's a perfect example of it right there. You want right. that conversion mm-hmm. to watching weekly on your streaming service. I just want Star Trek Four to come out. Well, I don't disagree with you. I want it to come out too. I'm just saying I I I can understand in the long run what these guys are thinking studio wise. You know, I would rather look. Let's put it this way: I would rather them take their time and make a good movie because then then try to rush something out, and then we're going, "What the fuck was that?" Like, you know, I want them to do a good job with a good Star Trek movie. Yeah, and that's. Fine. I, so if they have delays or whatever, I'm fine with that. Was it Paramount being ambitious, saying we're going to have this in 2023? Yes, it was. You know, but it was that idea that look, we're behind this. We want this to happen. That's Paramount's stamp of approval of saying we want this to happen. You know, and so they're not abandoning it. They're not saying they don't want it to happen. They've they've thrown their hat in the ring saying they want this to happen. It's just logistically making it all work. Yeah, that's the biggest issue right now. My you know? issue is I don't want it to be like all of a sudden it's like five years and there's no movie, they're still talking about it. True. Almost like a Ghostbusters situation where Afterlife didn't come out to like almost 30 years after after Ghostbusters 2. You well, know, look at Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it was a year and a half delayed. You know, I mean, seriously, it was mm-hmm. over a year and a half delayed. So I mean, it came out, but the the reason why, it was a good movie. And did they take time to do reshoots and edits and stuff like that? Yes. And it became a good movie. Hence, it's getting an Oscar Best Picture nomination this year. So 
was it worth it for them to do it in the long run and delay it? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe that's what this is too for Star for Star Trek. Wouldn't, with this that, movie. wouldn't that be something Star Trek's nominated for an Oscar? That would be incredible. That would be incredible. It would be. I mean, suck on that Star Wars. So, but it'll happen. But oh, real quick, I did see this. You're gonna like this. Uh, this this came through. I just because I was just trolling for reasons um, on Facebook. Uh, this email has just gone out to to Eagle Moss uh, people. It says news about Eagle Moss Hero Collector. We're writing you because we you were an Eagle Moss or Hero Collector customer. Oh, that wow. company went into bankruptcy last year. Master Replicas has now taken over many of their projects and will be making their products and others available for sale very soon. We will also be working with other partners to offer you more science fiction, superhero, and fantasy collectibles. GDPR regulations mean that in order to email you about this again, we need you to sign up for a new mailing list. Don't worry, you'll be able to unsubscribe at any point. So, Master Replicas is taking over for Eagle Moss, and they are going to be handling that from you know this point forward and being able to carry on some new things. So it's exciting news. That's a good thing to end on before we get into the I know, yeah. That's, I mean, for I mean, we were both were like pissed when Eagle Moss went out went out of business, but now they've taken the mantle back up again. Yeah. Which is great because now, you know, we're able to get all our collectibles now. And then, uh, the, only, think, the only part that sucks now is <laughs> the value of them is not going to go up. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to Ben Robinson, the guy from Eagle Moss who's been keeping this alive and, yeah. and going. So, you know, I think that's, you know, that dude has just worked his tail off to did. make sure that this has been a thing. So, you know, he didn't let it die. He let it carry over. And, and boy, how awesome is that, that we can get our ships and cars and collectibles and all that kind of stuff. And it's quality stuff. So does it mean that the uh, the the C will come out the box? No, it will never Ooh. come out of the box. It will never come out of the box. At this I point might go see now. Well, you know, you're not getting the D from me. That's for sure. No, nobody wants the D, okay? Yeah. The fat one. Nobody, yeah, nobody the, wants the fat one. The fat one. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, shoot. Some ladies want the fat one, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um uh, anyway, let's let's go into our main point. Speaking of the fat one, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> let's 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 just call our black alert right here. When we when I said D the fat one, all I can think about is Rip Rogers talking about his you know what. Okay, yeah, it's not long, but I mean it's, it's got some girth to it. Okay, tuna can. <laughs> oh, oh my lord oh my lord okay well let's, yeah. all right so in case y'all didn't know we are talking star trek picard season three um episode three now um so spoiler alerts whatever i mean if you don't know by now and you haven't been listening to us What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Go watch know. it. Show, yeah. Actually, watch it and then listen to us later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's look, I'm telling you, 
if you haven't seen any of these episodes, you like go watch all three. Just go sit down and watch all three. It's been like incredible to watch this series. It's it's so good. Um, this episode three is called Seventeen Seconds, um, and they make mention of why it's called that. Um, there was a point where um, Riker talks about when Thaddeus, his oldest child who died, um, was the, 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 the birth was touch and go. This was at the scene in the beginning where they de-aged Riker and Picard in the bar mm-hmm. and they're, they're having bourbon, a flashback. And he's talking about he's on the Titan and, and the, the pregnancy wasn't going well and they called him to get down to sick, pardon me, down to sick bay. And he said it was 17 seconds and it was the longest turbo lift ride he'd ever had. And his son's uh, life flashed before his eyes. And Picard says, that's the moment you became a dad. And, and they said, yeah. And he talked about, you know, how much he loved that kid. And then, of course, uh, Deanna makes an appearance going, oh, drinking bourbon, huh? Uh, fine. I'm just, your, your child is thrown up all over, like, feet into the air, projectile vomiting in engineering. First of all, why do you have a baby in engineering? What's yeah? What's going on? When you like, I'm going like you're complaining. You had a baby in engineering. Like, what the hell? Like, okay. Anyway, and so and then she ends bring the whiskey. You know, with the end of the call, which is hilarious. Bring bring the whiskey. So uh, you know, it was uh, you had a flashback episode there. Um, where you talk, where they see that, and then, um, boy, look, I'm gonna be honest with you, the Titan stuff I remember vaguely, the Worf stuff I remember way more than the Titan stuff. Um, the, the, the 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 Titan stuff I remember a little bit, but yeah. the Worf stuff, yes, because yeah, there, there was a lot dropped. There was a lot dropped in this episode in general. I mean, yeah. a lot was dropped. Three. Yeah major things were dropped. I mean, I, we, we, we were expanded more on Jack and and then we were expanded on Picard and Crusher and their relationship. Um, how, about, how, about, how about Riker and Picard too? And Riker and Picard. Um, so yeah, like more, like well, a lot of things were done, but like, I think, I think the biggest thing is Jack being Picard's kid. I mean, Picard going, Beverly, essentially saying, Beverly, what the hell? Like, yeah. You know, I did not have a right. Didn't I have a right to know? And and she was, was like, "Look, I saw he was going to be Picard, Captain Picard's kid. He was going to have a target on his back after after you know an assassin or whatever." And he's like, "Well, you don't get the right." She goes, "Well," and she she used her knowledge of him and his family, you know, struggles, and she used that against him. And boy, he called her out on that shit too. I was fucked up, man. Oh, he was like, "You." How like the fact he got so pissed? Like, how dare you? I trusted you. You you use this against me to for me to have knowing my own struggles and trust issues with my Mm -hmm. dad to do. Oh, like he was pissed. And I mean, but you know, the fifth time they had been, you know, apparently together on a waterfall and like. I don't know. Like I'm thinking, it's like ooh, okay, that was so. She was a late, late pregnancy. Yeah, like because she wasn't young. No. They weren't. They weren't young at the end of the movies, you know. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and Nemesis. They weren't. They weren't young. And so no, they weren't. No. And maybe, maybe. Ooh, okay. So, 
But it's your your well, well, well. Actually, in the Star Trek novels, yeah, they don't have kids till so they're like old. <laughs> yeah, so way after Nemesis. So we're seeing some of the novel uh, timelines getting redone and rewritten mm-hmm. with, with this series because we know that the TV series trumps anything that's written. Uh, yeah. TV's TV's canon. So mm-hmm. uh, we we see that this has become a thing. Um, we know that Beverly basically kept it from Picard. Uh, and we know that that Jack has, has, that's why she's been away for 20 years, you know, because she was scared of Jean-Luc, like kind of like what she said. She doesn't feel like the Vatic in, in all this is anything to do with Jack. She said, that's a Jean-Luc Picard villain, a Jean-Luc Picard ship with a Jean-Luc Picard villain yeah. behind it. And it's, it's about him. And he doesn't know why it's about him. Uh, he, he can't figure that out. Which, I mean, he, it makes sense, though. No matter what, even now, it's kind of like, uh, why do we still have Secret Service for former presidents? Mm-hmm. You know, who wouldn't who wouldn't get off saying they took a pot shot at a president even if he wasn't a president anymore? Yeah. I mean, it's Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. You know, who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't want to get off on something like that? I mean, eventually knowing Laura and Moriarty are involved with this in some way, shape, or form, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Um, but still, it's it's one of those things of, all right, well, let's figure this out. Let's see what's going on. It makes it interesting knowing that those characters are out there, where this could go, mm-hmm. you know, really. Um, but we we see uh, Beverly being involved in sick play that, boy, they are just taking a beating on the Titan. Uh, they find out that this nebula has some electrical and biological uh, signal. It's a living. It's 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 a living nebula. It's a it's a, a living nebula. We think, or an anomaly that they've never charted before, is what they. I think the bald-headed mm-hmm. Vulcan lady said. Um, and so it, it's interesting in that sense of they can't stay in the nebula because it's going to continue to damage the ship. But when they try to leave the nebula, we find out the Shrike's mystery weapon they couldn't figure out. They have a portal weapon as well. Mm-hmm. And they use it to keep the Titan in the uh, in the nebula, which they, they, they stayed in it for a while. They did the one move where Picard fires a torpedo and then shoots the phaser at it and blows it up and knocks them out because the Shrike keeps finding them. And they can't figure out why Shaw at one after one attack, Shaw gets injured very badly. Yeah, he does. Broken leg, internal bleeding. Uh, I think hit his head, and he transfers command to Riker. Um, and so uh, Riker's now in charge of the Titan again, trying to figure out how to do everything. And Picard's being his number one. And there was a moment where they go, uh, he goes, "Will I think you should call me number one uh, mm-hmm. from that point forward?" But we also see that they have two completely different views on how to handle mm-hmm. the situation. Um, you know, uh, Riker wants to continue to hide. He wants to continue to run. He wants to protect the ship and make sure everybody goes home. Picard says, let's just fight. Let's turn around and let's fight. Uh, we come to find out the reason why the strike continues to find uh Titan is because someone has sabotaged the ship mm-hmm. with the uh, what they call venting bar- plasma, venting plasma, and they have a barium gas leak. And so mm-hmm. Jack kind of figures that out when he's talking to Shaw. Because Shaw says, 
you know, while he's he's struggling to breathe, Beverly goes over there. He's got internal bleeding. The doctor who was there, who told her to, you know, f off earlier because it's been twenty years and she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, okay. And Beverly, yeah, and Beverly, like, uh, and Beverly, basically, Beverly's like, bitch, please, I yeah. was chief medical officer on the Enterprise. Yeah, I know yeah. what I'm doing. I know what you're doing, and realizes Shaw has internal bleeding. No, no, I looked at it. Uh, that's because it's delayed, you idiot. And so leans him over and they work on him. And while he's on his side, he's like, how are they keeping finding us? And Jack sees the trail of blood and realizes, oh, maybe there's something like that going on. So he goes to Seven of Nine to help him figure out because he can't get to the bridge because they're under red alert. And so he goes to Seven of Nine and then he punches the guard in one punch and knocks him out. And she says, I like you. You're kind of insane. Um, <laughs> and so they go to make the fix the leak. And while he's doing that, this ensign walks in, but they have to wear masks because the barium or yeah, barium, I think gas mm -hmm. is deadly. So they have these, these masks on and they're trying to clear it so that they can stop the plasma leak. And this ensign walks in from earlier that was looking out for the strike and doesn't have a mask on and just walks right up to him and starts beating the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. And you're going, ah, well, and he, he was there in episode one when the, when they, when Picard and Riker first got on, he was there in last episode and now this one. And he had just kind of this kind of steely kind of like look, like yeah. there was something wrong or off. And so you see Jack's fighting back. This guy's really, really strong. And Jack punches him and his face moves. And it's like, I've seen that before. Yes, we have. Uh, we And then it cuts to later, but we'll finish the Titan part. Um We'll cover that storyline first. I like covering the instead of trying to bounce and forth between these two storylines. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's better to cover one and yeah. one. So uh so then the what we know is a changeling takes his mask off and leaves him to die. Seven Whoa, 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 whoa. You just Hey you, we're, so... we're gonna have to. We're just gonna have to get over it. We know but we just said it. We're, it'll be it'll... the big reveal. Well, it's gonna be confirmed later. So you might as well just say it. Um, because we already said that face moved and all that kind of stuff. We already intimated. We, so that's what it is. Um, all right. No no need to tippy-tap tippy around that at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I was, was like... Yeah. I was like, oh, is, did I see that? Did I? Like, I mean, I did see it. And I'm like, okay. And then what, when what happens later, it'll, it makes more sense. Uh, like what happened, and it was just like, oh yeah, uh, I didn't put. Uh, it took me a minute to figure out that's what was that's who that character was later, but it was it was good. Um, so then uh, Seven saves Jack, brings him to sick bay. He's dying. Beverly grabs him and and tries to save him. They they message Admiral Picard. He runs down, does the whole seventeen second turbo lift thing, mm -hmm. and they save Jack. And Jack tells them that there's a changeling on board um, and that it was sabotage. And so they stopped the leak. They've got everything fixed. Um, and they're getting ready to try to get out. Unfortunately, the changeling throws a bomb. Yes, on a plasma conduit. So totally fucks up everything uh, on the Titan at this point. So now, um, as they've been trying to get out, they've been trying to hop out of there. Um, they lose all plasma and warp, and then they fight the Shrike again. They fire everything because that's what John Lucas goading 
um, Riker to do it. Riker basically tells him, no, they're like, they're arguing in front of the crew. Like, yeah. and the crew are visibly like shaking. Like, I don't know what to do. Mommy and daddy are fighting, you know, the look that they were all giving. And which is the first time I think we've really seen Riker and Picard, not that they're arguing, but that they're at opposite ends of how to handle things. Yeah. You know, like, Riker's like, no, we got to get out of here. We got to save everybody. And Picard's like, no, we got to fight, you know? And so. That reminded me of uh, the novel, Star Trek Coda, where you had Riker versus Picard in that. Mm -hmm. Which you want to talk about some bonkers shit? Read Star Trek Coda, books one through three, or listen to them on Audible. Just unreal. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so right once the explosion happens, Riker basically has no choice. He fights, um, which yeah. is like, and, and so then, of course, he fires photons at the Shrike, which uses the portal weapon to point it back at them, and it hits them and disables the ship completely. Uh, no power, anything, the ship's falling. And Riker is so pissed that he tells Jean-Luc to get off that off the bridge you just yeah. you just killed us you just killed us when it was like what else were you gonna do will you had no warp power now your impulse power got taken out i mean the plasma conduit getting blown mm-hmm. screwed you you know you hadn't you couldn't get out at that point you know because they tried when they had warp power and they couldn't do it uh because of the portal weapon from the shrike and now, well, so what were you going to do? I mean, if you kept running, you can do. Yeah, if you kept running in the nebula, you were still going to get destroyed. And they knew all they had to do was post up at the opening. There's one opening. It's all you had to do. And they had to post up there. And that's all they needed to do. So you couldn't get out. Your ship was going to get destroyed either way. But yet he took out his anger on Picard, I feel like, because he was in a no-win scenario, uh, honestly. He was in a Kobayashi... Kobayashi Maru, yeah. And so Picard leaves the bridge and it ends with them falling to the center because though they did find out there's like a gravity well or something at the center of this nebula and they didn't want to get near it so that's why they moved away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're falling towards that. Um, so that kind of ends the storyline there. It ends with the Ooh. Titan falling towards the center of this nebula. What a cliffhanger. With the gravity well. What a cliffhanger. Getting prepared to be saved by the Enterprise F. Um, that's what yeah. <laughs> telling you, telling the you, Russo swerve. I'm telling you, the it's Enterprise, Enterprise F is something else. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's the Enterprise bird of prey. If the Enterprise F comes flying in, it's gonna turbo, it's gonna tractor beam out of there, and it'll be fine. And you'll see the beauty of the Enterprise F on the screen for the first time. I hope so, and how big it is. Um, well, uh, well, here's the thing you are, you are Notre Dame, okay, on predictions, so. I'll have to go with you on that. Yeah, we'll probably we'll see the Enterprise F come and swoop in and save them. Yeah, I mean, maybe the E. I doubt it's the E. I mean, it's it's going to be an Enterprise of some sort, E or F. I think it's going to be a flagship of some point. Yeah, come in and save them. And when so, I watch it tomorrow, I'm going to be like, "Oh, it's the Enterprise! Oh my God!" Who to lose my shit? Yeah, bro. right. So, uh, but I mean, that's that's the only logical conclusion is that's what comes in to save them. Because yeah. the strike flew off, it's like fine, we're we're good, you know. Uh, yeah, but 
but the strike wanted Jack Crusher though. But they they wanted Jack Crusher because of Picard. They didn't know Picard was on the ship when Jack was there with the Mariposa. Right? So now, now they know that Picard's on the ship. So yeah. like we'll just kill two birds with one stone. Right. It wasn't because like Beverly said, it wasn't about Jack. It was about that Jack was Picard's son. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh so then let's go to the other story, which was Worf uh, and Raffi. Do I, I Raffaella, as he calls him. Raffaella. Raffaella. Uh, do, Michael Dorn. Oh my God. Yeah, he's. I, oh. He's incredible. Oh my incredible. God. Like, the, this was this was so good. Raffi yeah. wakes from her stupor and, you know, is on, on the La Serena. And Worf, she's coming back to her senses. Worf is doing his Kata Ninja mm-hmm. stuff with this sword. And just looking all like a bad mama jama. And then she sits on his back and she's like yelling at him with a with a favor pointing. He takes the the cha, the the knife, swings it right, yeah, to talk and swings it at her foot. She looks down, and by that time he's up, he's grabbed the pistol and pointed it back at her. Like <laughs> and she's like, Who are you? And he's like, I am Worf, son of Moog. House of Martok, son of Sergei, House of Roshinko, <laughs> the Bane and the Doros family, Slayer of Galron. Would you like some chamomile tea? <laughs> <laughs> it's vintage warp. Dude, like, like no, this was beyond vintage warp. This is like next level warp. Yeah, this is the warp that we always wanted. Oh, but yeah. And like, like she's like, warp? Like, Warf? like you're a legend. Picard talks about you, like, yeah. I mean, he is like, uh, just so. Like, there was one point, and he says, uh, "I used to be angry. Um, I'm what humans call I'm 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 working on myself." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh man, like just uh, so so they're they're chasing down the stolen portal weapons. Yeah. She told him to disengage. He's like, because there's something bigger. And she's like, I know what's just happened. And he's like, no, there's something bigger than that. You know, there's an enemy out there of the of Starfleet that is coming after Starfleet. And so he said, the Ferengi lied. I know who paid him. It's a human named Tika, Titus, whatever. And so they go, they go hunting. The, you know, at first he was going to dismiss her. And she said, no, I'm going to join you. Um, he says, you have the heart of a warrior. And so they go and they find this guy. But it, again, like they're standing there. They're on a stakeout looking for this guy. Worf is in his new like outfit armor. Hang on, <laughs> this is the, uh, this is the best one of all. Like, and he, I think he says that she looks like she stands out with her hood. He's like, uh, you, you're in like full Klingon battle armor. He goes, this is not full bottle armor. This is casual. This she is goes, casual. Yeah, she goes, what? Do you wear that on Tuesday beheadings? And like, you know, and so they, they're kind of riffing back Tuesday and forth. Beheadings. Then they start chasing the guy and they catch him at the last minute there and Worf kind of comes in and he's like, beheadings are on Wednesday. Like, I mean, the, just the callbacks and the timing. Yeah, Michael Dorn is Michael, a, I mean, seriously. Oh he stole, God. I mean, he's coming, he's stolen it. Uh, and just his look looks so good with yeah. the, 
the 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 goatee, the mm-hmm. the handlebar mustache, the hair pulled back, the white hair though. I mean, it just looks so good. Like yeah, when it, when it comes to supporting actor, he should he should get some nominations, man. Because I mean, he's, oh. him. I mean, Riker. I mean, Riker. I mean, Jonathan Franks has done a great job yeah. too. Jonathan Franks. But I mean, did you hear him on? Um, he's on. It's it's like Michael Rosenbaum has a, a thing called like Inside You or something like that. Uh, I want to listen to it, but he is on there, and there's some very interesting. Who is it, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Frakes? Okay, uh, and there's some interesting stories about that. Um, that I, I mentioned, like there's a like there's a bit he talks about where he wants to read Ulysses when he's younger, and his dad tells him he's not ready for it, and so he's like, "My dad's dead. I'm 60 now. I decide I'm going to read Ulysses. <laughs> I read the first two paragraphs, and I realize, nope, you're right, Dad. I'm not ready for this. Like at 60, <laughs> he wasn't ready. So you know, I mean, it's. Yeah. Like, there's some interesting things I want to. I've seen some different clips from it. Actually, that I check John, out. just give me one second. Okay. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. So, uh, in case you guys haven't haven't checked out yet, Worf is easily the the winner uh, of this show. Like, Worf is the whole reason to watch this show at this point. I mean, I know it's. I know the show is titled Picard. But Worf is the reason to watch. Like he's made yeah. it, you know. And I mean, the fact that he calls her Raffaella, like like he, he doesn't call her Rafi, he calls her Raffaella. Um, he's nursed her back to health. Um, and then we find out they caught the guy. He's on the ship, and boy, this dude is tweaking hard. Yeah, like, he's like fiending for some drugs. Yeah, what? Yeah, and like, like well, they, I mean, that's what you think. Well, yeah, because they're, they're threatening to torture him and. All this kind of stuff, and she's like, "I'm gonna pull." Me. No, you will keep your fingernails. You You're, it's, your it's not your fault. She's like, "Bullshit! I'm not gonna like." He's not getting off this easy, and he's like, "That's when he comes with the whole." I'm working on myself. I was. You're angry. It's nothing. And like, Worf does this very nice. Like, it's basically a good cop, bad cop kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, nothing's working. Rafi pulls out the drug at one point to tempt the guy because it looks like he's going through withdrawals. Yeah. And then, as he starts talking towards the end, and his voice changes, more and, and and well, and well, yes, kind of. He's starting to get it, but before that, he like he's struggling really, really bad. And they're like, "Who stole weapons from Daystar?" He goes, "The Ronda is bullshit." He goes, "Fine, I did. Who else?" Uh, he didn't know. He was just they were stealing something, and because they were enemies of the Federation. And Worf, that's when Rafi goes, uh, that's not, that's the voice. That's not, you know, detoxing. And Worf figures it out and he grabs him by the face and says, how long since you have been to the Great Lake? <laughs> and you're like, oh, and the guy's, and, and, and he, his form starts to break down. Yeah. And he starts to say that, you know, this was just the beginning that, you know, that the, the, Starfleet is coming to an end and all this fun stuff. Damn changelings, man. Yeah. And so uh, the changelings are back and he melts into a puddle of goo because uh, he hasn't regenerated. That's why he's held his form so long. And so he finally just kind of almost melts in a way and Worf phasers him. He had the the type two phaser from next gen still mm-hmm. on him, whips it out and phasers the changeling in his liquid form and he melts away. And they... I love this. This is this is this was so cool. 
knowing that, which Jacob and I were talking about this last night because he rewatched it with me last night because he hadn't seen it yet. And so we were talking about it, how they reference Odo without mm-hmm. referencing Renee and yeah, Jonathan right. getting like you know I had, I got contacted by a friend in the Great Link, you know who was a man of honor, man and, of honor. And, and 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 it's like okay, um, and Jacob looked at it, I was like he's like well why didn't Odo be on the show? I said like, because Renee Albertanus died. He's like what? Yeah. And Jacob looked at it, I was like I was like yeah it was like during the pandemic I think, and he looked at yeah, that goes, was that was terrible man. Yeah, and he and he goes oh he died on my birthday because. So he died December eighth, which was Jacob's birthday in twenty nineteen, and I was like, I was like, yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that so was, that was a nice little shout out and call out to Odo. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that way you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to have Odo involved per se because he's still in the Great Link, like he was mm-hmm. at the end of DX nine. But that he, we find out that a splinter cell broke off and have been trying because they didn't want to accept the end of the Dominion War, and so. They have kind of been doing this little terroristic thing, but Starfleet can't acknowledge it because if they do, then they're back into a war with the Dominion. It could reignite the Dominion War. And so it's this whole chess game. And that's when they figure out obviously the portal weapon, the the guy even says himself that wasn't even the thing. Whatever was at the Daystrom station, there was something even bigger, something even badder. And lore. Well, maybe. Maybe it's lore. It's got uh, to be, or Moriarty, because remember they put Moriarty. him in that little because they put him in the little queue. Yeah, but Clay. Yeah, yeah, but would they listen to Moriarty though? Well, it's not about listening. I mean, yes, because think about it. I mean, think about this. Lore is technically still a solid. Moriarty's not a solid because remember oh, yeah. he referenced it that Moriarty is 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 closer to a changeling. Than lore would ever be okay, you know, because lore is a solid still. He's made with parts. Moriarty is a is a hologram. Okay, so in theory, I could see that. So, but remember, both of those two could be stored because Daystrom also stores the computers and all that. We saw that in Lower Decks with you know Agamus and Agamus Peanut Hamper. Yeah, all so, that. Fuck Peanut Hamper. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so that those could be the even more dangerous thing. Maybe they stole them both. I don't know. But the point is, can we, we get a, a real life Agamus in Picard, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, and then he makes his return as Brunt and uh, uh, as Wayun. Wayun uh, Brunt. And, and so, oh, yeah. but we see that uh, we know that they're going to go back to Daystrom mm-hmm. to go see what else was stolen. And that was that could be more dangerous than the portal weapon. Uh, so it's a whole cat and mouse game right now. So the the episode ends with there's something bigger out there. Mm-hmm. Changings have made their return. The and titan, the titan, is, the titan is falling to the center of this gravity well nebula thing uh, with no power at all. So uh, that's how the episode ends. That's where you're left off for episode three. Of Picard, seventeen seconds, uh, which you know, really, man, what a way to yeah, that was a great episode. Episode, um, episode. which rolls into tomorrow, episode four, uh, the no win scenario. No win scenario is the is the title of the episode. Oh boy, right? Oh man, no win scenario. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how tomorrow works out. 
Um, all right. So I've already predicted that like the Enterprise F or uh, E are going to make the save for Picard. Um, I think it's going to be Jordy. Yeah, yeah, because you have to introduce Jordy at some, or you could introduce Jordy at Daystrom. Yeah, because he did. They did say he was a part of the historical thing, but he's also a commandant. Oh, so, he's a commandant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that was leaked that he's a commandant. So maybe he got a ship. Maybe he got the Enterprise F out of or E out of mothballs, one of the two, and is using it to save Picard and them. Uh, well, how would he know to save Picard though? Because of his daughter. Oh, you think maybe his daughter sent out distress, 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 or he's keeping tabs on his daughter? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, could be keeping tabs on his daughter. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about it. He's got two daughters in the show. One's an engineer like him. This one's a pilot, and this one's flying around in space. Mm -hmm. Whereas we know that Jordy is doing ship design and history. His other daughter is also in engineering with him. Whereas this one is flying around in space. Who says he's not keeping tabs on his daughter? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so when they disappear from the section, when they first deviate off course and end up in another sector that they're not supposed to be in, and then they disappear, you know, immediately he's sitting a ship out to go get them. Yeah, because, and plus, too, you know, the tie in, you know, because it's, it's this new, brand new ship, you know, you don't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, okay. the so I can see that. I can see that being a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. What else could we see in the next episode? Uh, Something I think I think we, we finally we finally have the introduction of the villain. We know it's a changeling, just one, but we can introduce to Moriarty or to Lore. I think in, right. in this at, next episode at Daystrom, we find out that at Daystrom, yeah, we have to because we're yeah. in four, yeah, right. So, uh, or they use Lore to learn how to handle Moriarty, yeah. Something yeah. along those. I mean, that's how 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 do we make this all fit in? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yes, we go to Daystrom and either Lore or Moriarty were housed there and they got released and we are working with the changelings to hit the hit start. And notice they said Starfleet, not the Federation. Starfleet. They said Starfleet. And so, which technically is different than the Federation. Yeah. So someone's coming after Starfleet. Yeah. And Picard specifically. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, I think we get that reveal. And hmm, I think those are the two biggest things that happen in this next episode. Yeah, I think so, is, too. Is we see the, the Titan saved by a flagship of either the, the, the E or the F, and it's Geordi. Mm -hmm. And then we find out if it's Lore or Moriarty who were stolen from Daystrom. Uh, when Rafi and Worf go to investigate, so and you think uh, plus two? I think we're gonna get more of a backstory on Will and what happened with his son. The reason why he was so hesitant to fight. Well, I think we got that because he did mention Jack. He talked about he had a son, you know, um, and I think that weighs heavily That's on right now. Having lost a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's why he's not as gung-ho and, you know, balls to the wall. Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he, he, he muted his mic. You know, it's a sneeze. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I was going to sneeze. 
But, you know, I think that's why we don't see the same Riker as we have seen before, who is more gung-ho and, you know, even in Lower Decks, what we saw. Because yeah. not only has he had kids, he's lost one. And lost one, and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. And so he's overreacting by saying, I can do something about this. We're not going to lose anybody on this ship. Exactly. We're not going to lose any of these kids. And he said that. We're not going to lose these kids. I don't, you know, we're going we're to save the ship. We're going to save these kids. You know, I it was his way of almost redeeming the loss of Thaddeus, mm-hmm. you know, to something that he couldn't save. Do we and, do we ever get the reason why Thaddeus died? Yeah, they said it in, in season one, because uh, they were talking about the uh he had some kind of disease that a positive brain could have cured, but because they got rid of all the androids, oh, yeah, 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 uh, because they got rid of all the androids. They couldn't use a positron brain to clear it uh, from his, and so the the disease or whatever it was. Uh, so therefore, he died from it. So yeah. So I mean, it's one thing like to be on a ship, but it's another to have to watch your child die, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. When you're the captain of a ship, you can prevent stuff. You can do stuff. And so I, I think that's the whole thing. We're seeing a mellow Riker because he's had a family. He's had kids and he's lost a kid. And so that's, I think the biggest difference now than TNG Riker. Yeah. You know, and even lower, lower Decks Riker, Riker yeah. because of that reason. And so therefore it's, it's whereas Picard, when given the moment with his son, Right? What does he still do? He thinks of duty and what he needs to do and what's best yeah. for everybody and, and to save the ship. We got to fight. He He's still unencumbered by loss in that sense, even though he his... Because he really hasn't experienced that. Right. And, and he's never experienced the loss of a family member. He almost had it there with Jack, but still he doesn't have that relationship with Jack that... Because I think we see that in this, in this episode. So, yeah. so it reminds me a little bit of a, of a, of a, Kirk and David. Their, their, their yeah. relationship. That's a, once again, twenty years. It's a, that's a callback to Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you know it was, but see, that's the thing. That's the difference. Kirk knew about David. Oh yeah, he didn't know about David. Yeah, because he said, "I did what you said. I stayed away." Yeah. You know, right. So. Like he didn't recognize David at first because it had been so long, but because he because Carol asked him to stay away, Beverly never gave him gave Picard that option. No, she just straight up hit him, and and I think that's the biggest difference between the two stories is that and Picard still doesn't have a connection with because Jack has made it clear that he doesn't really care. Talking to Riker and and things like that, you know, and 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 talking to Picard, he's made it. Picard's just a man to him. He's not anything great. And he says, you know, you meet your, your heroes and, you know, the bigger the legend, the bigger the, the jerk, essentially, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, it was. You know, I so, I mean, I think, will they repair that relationship and it'll become a thing where there'll be one big happy family? Probably so. I mean, that's going to be the goal at the end of this because, you know, Picard. He's got to ride off into the sunset somehow. But does he? Or does he die? Does Jack carry on the, the legacy of Picard? Captain Crusher. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, 
how much of a dick move is it for Beverly? Not only do you keep the card from knowing about his son, but you call him Jack, which was, was your husband's name, who Picard knew that went on the mission and died that Picard was in, in charge of. And you call this kid Jack. Because that was that was her husband's performer husband's yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of a dick move in and of itself, Beverly. You know, calling yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can. I mean, I can see her naming. I can see her naming her other Jack. I could see that, but to me, the real dick move is not telling Picard, not giving him the option to be like, "Fine, I'll stay away." Right, that's the biggest one. But then, at least it's, at, it throws salt on the moon, like yeah, 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 you know. And then, and then she's using all his family stuff against him, which is just I'm like, yeah. Oh no! Trust me, this was man, it's messed up. But was it good? Ah, this, this episode had everything in it. Man. But boy, did it deepen everything! I mean, we thought we knew everything about these guys, and then just nope. It opened the door and went way, way deeper. And door's I mean, box got opened up, baby. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Worf was great in TNG. He got even better in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Now this is peak Worf it's in like, Picard. Yeah, peak yeah, Worf. Yeah, this is 100 wharf right now. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I can't wait really to see what they did with Jordy to see to see how Jordy's going to be now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's there's all this to still look forward to. And Deanna's uh, still going to. And Deanna's still she's she's still going to come around. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing seeing them all together, I mean, that's going to be. It's going to be good. It might be a little emotional, you know, because you know you, you haven't seen these characters, you know, together since Nemesis, mm-hmm. which was what twenty years, almost twenty three years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to say the least. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll see how my predictions come out uh, this time. Your I, predictions have been pretty good so far. Well, it's just I I under. Having a degree, you you understand storytelling. You understand the yeah. kind of where they're going and what they're doing, and so it's it makes it really really hard for me to be surprised by something. You know, like I'm gonna be honest, Jack. I kind of figured he was gonna be. I said he's either gonna be Picard's kid or he's gonna be a clone of or like Beverly got DNA from her old husband. Yeah, that's why he has. The I kind of thought that too. I, I kind of thought the same thing. It's going to be one of those two things, and yeah. and, and those are the reasons why. Uh, but the, the like the story of him being Picard's kid makes a lot more sense of why they would want him um, for that reason. And you know, some of the other things, like the I did get caught off guard that Worf would be the handler for Rafi. Yeah, I, that, I, yeah. I, did, I did not expect. I did that not see that one coming either. I thought maybe it was going to be they were introduced Worf because they were going to need help, and he came in with a Klingon fleet or whatever. Because the last we saw, he was he was on DS Nine. He was going to Klingon to be a Federation ambassador, ambassador, yeah. You know, with Martok, mm-hmm. and so uh, so obviously he has some sway in the Klingon Empire, and that there was going to be help needed, and Worf is gladly going to step in and be like, "Of course I'll help," yeah. you know. But we see, I like this way that they're using him and this tie-in with Odo and the Great Link and, yeah. and doing this more, which it makes it makes sense that he's a, he says he's a subcontract 
subcontractor for Starfleet and or yeah, Federation Intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this spy Federation Intelligence because that's that's how he started was in security, you know. So it yeah. brings him back to the kind of security roots per se by being in uh, Federation Intelligence. I think it's super cool. Uh, they've done a really good job with a lot of these characters and making these really really work out well. So I hope they have like a, I hope they have like a meme to the blue barrel at some point. I've been kind of looking for the blue barrel to be honest. I've been looking for the blue barrel too. I was like, where's the blue barrel? Like, did, okay, so like I don't know if you did, so when you know they're doing the new Star Trek thing where they the the hero ship does the A right or yeah. does the badge. Right before it starts, did you see that there was another ship when it when the episode three started? I did not notice it. No, go back and watch it. Right as it's getting ready to make the badge, up in the upper left hand corner, you can see the strike kind of in the background. Okay, chilling. And this is in episode three on on, uh, for Star Trek Picard. You know, they it's right at the very beginning when the ship goes to make the badge to say Star Trek. Right, Mm -hmm. you you have the Titan. Oh yeah, yeah, I did notice that. Yes. So yeah, so in case you didn't see that, there's a little Easter egg to show that the Shrike is right there waiting on the Titan. Yes. They start the episode with the Shrike just right there as the ship is making the yes. badge to fly yes. off and say Star Trek. I did notice that. I was like, I, I, I see you. I see you. I see you. That's good. I, I appreciate that. So uh look, great episode. Yes. Uh, if you're gonna give it a letter grade, where was this at for you? A plus. A plus. A plus. Six stars. Six stars. Six, Six stars, stars in the Tokyo Dome. Six stars in Tokyo. Uh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. This was a solid A for me as well. Uh, I mean, A plus is a perfect episode. I'm gonna think maybe after the series is done, could I upgrade everything to an A plus? Probably so. But we got to see where the story goes. Mm-hmm. But they did a great. This was a great. So some of the times with some of these series. They've had the struggle has been the connecting episodes sometimes. Yes. To these big events. There has not been a disappointing episode connecting things so far. No, no they this was a great cliffhanger seen. and working towards our goal towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. It has been very well done. And this is just another example of that, you know, uh, of what happened. Um, playing cat and mouse and hide and seek. And you know, this was the whole episode for this. And they made it intriguing and very, very good storytelling and moved everything mm-hmm. along. Even though you never left the nebula, boy, you moved the story along really, really well. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, having that outside source of Rafi and Worf to help move the story along as well, where you're, again, you're seeing two points that are eventually going to come together to make one point at the end, but they're coming from different angles and different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Venn diagram. Everything's just going to yeah. meet in the middle. It's going to meet in the middle, you know. And so, so far, storytelling wise, writing wise, this has been. I mean, I don't. This I don't is know. this is this is how you tell long term. This is long term storytelling. This is long term story. This this season of Star Trek Picard, uh, Strange New Worlds was so good though. Like, I don't want to say this has been the best Star Trek written so far. Because I really hold Strange New Worlds in high regard. I'm holding off. I'm holding off whether Picard's going to be the best until... But until so far, the, they're so, doing it. So far, it's been good, but... 
If they maintain this, if they yeah. maintain this. To, to me, Strange New Worlds to me is still the best. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, love the card, yeah. but we'll see at the end. We'll see how everything pans out. If it's like this for the next seven episodes, mm-hmm. I might have to give the nod. Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. But here's the thing this is even. This so far is vastly superior to the other two seasons of Picard. Oh yeah, you gotta watch out of a doubt. Yeah, alone. Yeah, like I mean, the first like, yeah, the seasons one and season two starting. I, I like the way it started. And lulled because in the middle. it was because it, it was interesting. Yeah. Then the middle, I just, it just I'm like because I get it. You you're trying to tell the story of Emory. I, okay, all right, I get it. All right, fine. You know, and you're trying to explore Rios because Rios is going to stay in the past. Okay, fine. I get it. Then we start to get to where then we get the story of um, Q. That was good. We have a soon working with Q. And then the last, you know, three episodes of that season were tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. And it's rolled and it's rolled in, in, into this season. So the writers have gotten their groove, and that's why, to me, that's why I'm like, damn, everything is firing. Everything Star Trek is firing in all cylinders. Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, Picard. And you're gonna bring out Discovery, and Discovery is gonna be a banger. And to me, I'm like, damn, what they could have done if they would have had another couple seasons now with the writers and the groove. Now mm-hmm. everyone's working together so well. You know, because you know, I, I I could see at the time when they're doing Picard because you had differing opinions and how where they wanted to take it. So, you know, but right now Kurtzman's got his team on point. Yeah, but but let's be honest, Kurtzman is the Kevin Feige of the Star Trek universe for this. Yeah, and and the, again, this is why you need somebody like this for an expansive universe like this to keep everybody on track. Exactly. And I think I think now that he's got his groove and a handle on everything, and he knows where they're going with everything, it makes a lot more sense. And this is why this is the best season of Picard because of how everything rolled. I mean, the first season of Picard, it was cool because hey, we've got Jean Luc Picard back, but everybody's like, "Where's Worf? Where's Riker?" Like people wanted kind of that TNG callback, and then there there wasn't that at all. You know, it was only seven of nine that was familiar. Everybody else were like, what, who? And then, so we began to kind of get the feel for these this crew. Then it comes to the second season, and there's some that are still there. There's some that are familiar mm-hmm. but not there. And so we tell this story that started off good and kind of fell flat and then picked back up again. You know what, though? I mean, it kind of fell flat for a couple episodes because then when, then when Girardi and the Borg Queen got together and they were out on the town and stuff, Mm-hmm. That was fun. But that was a little bit. There wasn't the whole episode. Like, I mean, I'm going to say five of the ten episodes were okay. were good. Like, you, okay, the first okay. two were good. Yes, the first, the two, first were two were good. And the, and last the last three. three. Yes. So then you had that, that stretch of five right in there. Three through three, four, five, six, seven. Three through seven were a little sluggish. A little sluggish. And then eight, nine, and ten were great. And and that's, I think, again, just it, it's one of those things where – you're trying to tell a story. I get it. I know the story you're trying to tell, mm-hmm. but it was so almost disjointed. It felt like at times, 
and yeah. and and it's like, oh wait, let's look over here. No, let's look. Whereas with this, you have two storylines, but there's balance between Rafi mm-hmm. and Worf, and then the Titan. Like there's yeah. an A and a B story, but they both feel important because again, you know that crescendo of you're bringing everybody together. At exactly. Point. Yeah. And so, whereas that didn't feel like that in second season, you had Q and Borg, and this is all over the place. Yeah, now, totally. you threw, now you threw in Sung, Sung on top of all that, and then it's like, wait, what? Whoa, it, it, it was just sensory overload. Yeah, there, the, and then it was like, okay, well, let's wrap this all back up. Let's fix all this. Let's, let's mm-hmm. put it back all together, and... In a way, it almost felt rushed towards the back end because it's like we got to wrap all this up and put it together so we can have yeah. our ending. And and so, you know, this has it feels more focused to the point, and then there's just so much between the seriousness and the comedy and, and all that that that's been needed. Yeah, yeah, and, it, it feels like to me this this feels like it feels like Strange New Worlds. It feels like old track. It does. It feels like TNG. Yeah, it, it really, it really does like, feel like TNG. Yeah. It really feels like TNG, and seeing all these work together, it, it's been great. I've enjoyed it a lot. So mm-hmm. I can't wait for tomorrow or Friday, depending on when I get to watch it. Because yeah, you know, same I, here because I want to be busy tomorrow too. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but that doesn't end our show just yet because we do have our last thing. Trek wreck. We have our Trek wreck for this week, and it's your uh, turn, brother. It is my turn. So let's go ahead and blow that Trek wreck uh, music right. Now, all righty, uh, so. My trek this week uh, was going to be something else, but then I changed it when I saw that. Uh, Master Replicas. You know, go okay. follow them. Get on that. If you like the Eagle Moss stuff, if you like that, uh, look, don't let this stuff go away. Go find it and grab a hold of it. But you can go on Amazon, get those old Eagle Moss figures right now. Uh, well, I mean, the prices, you should have gotten them at Christmas time when we told you about them because the prices are <laughs> creeping up on them uh, as you go and look. But... Go get them now if you really can't wait. But if you can, go check out Master Replicas. Sign up for their email list so you know when stuff is going to start coming out and you can start ordering those things because they did talk about the Build the Enterprise uh, program that they had where they send you pieces and you build a large Eagle Moss replica. That's going to be continued by Master Replica. And then you're going to get other other, uh, properties as well like Eagle Moss had. So... Uh, that is my Trek wreck because, you know, I love ships. I love the ships. Half the time I'm sitting here, uh, you know, Shrek, the, the Shrike design, love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I think you and I both called it the Narada meets a Ferengi ship. Yeah. Uh, it's it's still, badass ship, man. It's still a badass ship, though. It looks so cool. You got the four prongs and you, you got the underhanded, like you have the main center hub and then right underneath that is where the deflector dish is and, and the things like that. I mean, it just it's it's just such a menacing piece, and I love what Riker called it. He called it a guillotine, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such he a kind bad... of nailed the he kind of nailed the uh, the, yeah nailed it right there. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool. It's a really neat ship. The fact that 
like you could shoot at it and it'll it'll use the portal weapon to go no nah, bro nah, no bro. we're gonna shoot this right back at you go ahead please not happening fam no so you know I like that is that is like super cool like this is this is a ship that is a villain level ship that I think is yeah. well. so uh that's my track record of the week we are at one hour and 54 minutes. Damn, we gave him a lot today, John. We did give him a lot today. So uh, I think with that, I'll say you can see it on the screen. And if you can't see it on the screen, uh, follow me everywhere on social media at JReasonyBin. Same here. Get a, get a hold of me. You know how to do it. Just uh, follow me uh, on Instagram. Talk to Instagram followers up. Talk to us, you slackers. Send us emails. Yes. Message us on Twitter. Because um, I'm looking at our email inbox right now, and I've got nothing from any of you punks. So, punk uh, bitches. Yeah, send it to us. And, oh, wait, let me open uh, here. Let me go to Twitter and look at our Twitter account. Um, oh, let me. Oh, the Academy. What's your what, What's here? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, smooth brain. Send us yeah. Something. So, I mean, I even messaged Piers Austin to join us on our podcast. Um, I don't yeah, know who he all, is. Yeah, but, I like that. Yeah, you know, on, on the academy. Because he was like, I want to do other podcasts. I love, I love to have Piers. Piers would be. Yeah. We have to tell, like, Piers, we all know, Piers, that Australians use the C word as a term of endearment. But right. we can't be saying it here on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. So, but you know, I there's yeah, there's nothing here from you guys at all. It makes me sad. It makes me I'm cry. still waiting. I'm still yeah. waiting on uh still waiting on Vinny Rue to see if he found Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you gotta you gotta work on that Shivani Tony. Shivani, yeah, jeez. Yeah, oh, he's boy. he's he's busy. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll shoot him a text and ask him to see, you know, if if, if he if he has any time. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. We see uh, Lance Archer's back on TV. Our friend Lance Yay! Archer. Friend of the Academy Star Trek podcast. Yes. Lance yes. freaking Archer, baby. The Klingon du jour. Yeah. Why I mean, why is he not? Well, why um, is he not a Klingon? Why is he not a Klingon? Come Kurtzman. on. Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Make him a Klingon. But yes, he is back on TV. Thank God. He was on Dark last night and fought two dudes and beat them. So he Beat them senseless. Oh, my God. He... Beat the crap out of him. Uh, uh, this is my favorite Lance. Uh, no, my favorite Lance is when he scares kids. That's my favorite Lance. Yeah, that, yeah. That's number one Lance. My favorite Lance is when he put that dude right through the ceiling. <laughs> that was it. No, no. <laughs> put right through the ceiling. Even better. Chunking Marco stunt like two rows deep over the barricade, two rows deep. That yeah. was best favorite Lance, too. There's a lot of favorite lands. I have a uh, putting yeah. Will Will Osprey through a table at the G1 in Dallas and being there to see it live. That's that's a favorite lands, and he walks out with his new murder hawk monster uh, mohawk. That was pretty cool to be there live to see that. Uh, there's a lot of favorite lands, but you there's know, a lot of favorite lands moments. You can't help but love the guy. He was such a good. Uh, he's, he's a good guy, man. A good good, good guess. So, all right. So, uh, uh, I don't have anything else, Triple D. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything I got. I got nothing else really to say. The only thing I could say is, you know, once again, if you guys are having any type of, you know, if you're having 
mental problems, issues, you need to talk to somebody, contact John at Freedom House. He will he will talk, he will help you find somebody in your area to help you get help because remember everyone's life is important. You are important. You know, don't think that you're not because you are. You have people that love you and that would miss you if you're gone. So please, you know, if you're feeling like that and you're afraid to, and you don't know how to reach out to anybody in your area and you listen to us and you listen to John on other podcasts, get a hold of John and John will talk to you. But once again, guys, if you're doing this, this is, this is serious stuff. This is not to talk Star Trek, not to talk wrestling. Mm-hmm. This is, if you're contacting John at Freedom House, this is something serious. So he will ignore those messages. So, mm-hmm. so guys, so, so if you're feeling that way, contact John. He will, he will help you out. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a good man. So, and if anything, just to listen, if you need exactly. to listen, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but I am a good listener and I don't mind listening and, you know, commiserating with you or, mm-hmm. Or figuring out what it is we can do to help you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just need somebody to listen to you, and that's enough. And we'll yeah. do that. So you know. Uh, so thank you for that, Triple D. And oh, I think fine, with yeah. that, I think with that, let's just uh, let's bid them adieu. Bid the them evening. adieu. So guys, we'll be back next week where we'll be talking the card episode four, and we're going to see if our predictions came true. Personally, you know, listen, I'm not going against John. We're going to see the Enterprise F or the Enterprise E. It's going to come out the sky. It's going to be like Alizé and Champagne falling from the sky. Shout out Miranda Alizé, one of my favorite female wrestlers. So, <laughs> I'm just off, 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 off the freaking rails here, guys. Off the rails. But so, so come join us next week on the Academy Star Trek podcast. Me, Dimitri Zerdos, John Enright. Get well, Stevie Richards, Evan Richards. We love you. We hope to see you back up and doing your things without the walker or anything, man, where you're nice and healthy, bro. Guys, good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Do it. Do it!